welcome to episode 60 of the Knit Axery podcast. My name's Becky, and I'll be your host. Segments this time include actually finished, actually working, actually stashed, and actually attending. So guys, I'm going to start out with a one-minute life update because it factors into a lot of the stuff I'm going to talk about um, during the episode this time, and I'm excited about it. So um, I I am starting a new job, (laughs) which is a pretty big deal for me. I have worked in the place where I work um, for 20 years. I had not quit a job um, since I moved to Colorado when I was 25 years old, and so um, obviously I've like changed jobs, you know, where I've been, but I've worked for the same company since 1997. Um, and the last six months have been kind of terrible there. Um, terrible to the scale that, um, people I work with have been interviewed by the wall street journal about the terrible things going on where I work. So I've been job hunting. I've been dealing with, you know, the, the kind of crazy, um, stuff at work. If if the podcast has been more sporadic, things like that over the last six months, that is certainly part of the reason why. Um, and so I'm really excited. So some of the things you're going to hear me talk about this episode will be um, things like knitting myself some things I can wear to work and uh, the fact that I'm going to have to go into an office um, initially, not all the time, but initially. And i thinking about projects that I can knit on the bus because I'm going to try out public transportation to get myself back and forth. And so anyways, I wanted to share the news. It's been a rough go, but I am, I'm very fortunate to be leaving on my own terms, leaving to go and do something that I'm really excited about. I'm really close with a lot of the people that I work with and that will be tough, but, um, but I feel good about this overall. So that's my big big announcement. Um, so without further ado, on to the real segments. Um, so actually finished. I have two amazing finished objects this time. Uh, the first one, I'm going to go in reverse order of when I finished them, but I'm, I'm equally excited about them both. So the first thing I finished is the confetti sweater by Vera Valamaki. um, that I was knitting out of some hedgehog fibers, that I bought at Longmont Yarn Shop. So as part of all of this mess at work (laughs) lately, um, one of my employees had bought me a gift certificate to the Longmont Yarn Shop, and um, I bought three skeins of Oracle, which is a beautiful gray with um, little speckles and shots of chartreuse, and what I'm fairly certain is very crushed, like a hot, dark hot pink is what I would call it, like a raspberry. Um, and it's beautiful. And then one skein of jelly, which is just like gorgeous, bright electric pink. And I'm drinking wine. So, uh, sorry about that. So, uh, Confetti is an A-line top-down raglan. I really think every single top-down raglan I like pull over I do from now on is going to use this A-line shaping because as I was knitting it, I was like, I'm convinced I'm going to love this, and I want to do this with all my sweaters. I, I'll get to it. I ripped back a sweater to redo it this way before I had finished Confetti and before I was ready to try it on and make sure I loved it. So thankfully, when I when I finished it and then I blocked it and I tried it on the other day, I love it. I love, love, love it. But it's just simple stripes. So 
Um, four stripes main color, two stripes contrast color. One of the things I think is really interesting, and I'll talk about the Oracle colorway a little bit more later because I have a skein left over and I'm working on another project, but Oracle is my main color. That's what there is the most of. But if you looked at that sweater, you would not say, oh, look at her cute gray sweater. You would say, look at her cute hot pink sweater, even though it's literally like a third of the yarn. But anyways, I love it. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be a great, um, again, a fingering weight sweater here in Colorado. I can wear three seasons out of the year. I'm hopeful it'll be cool enough uh, 4th of July night that maybe I could wear it um, to the fireworks or uh, my husband and I are going up to Steamboat Springs uh, at the end of July while the kids are at camp. So maybe it'll be cool enough for a sweater then. Um, But I'm hoping to get to wear it for some sort of evening summer thing. Yeah, I'm looking right now and like up up in Estes where we'll be on the 4th, the low that night is 51. So I think I'll be able to wear a fingering weight sweater and not not be too um too warm, which is which is cool cuz I'll be excited to wear that one. So um back to the sort of like the A-line shaping, right? So I had finished a sweater that I liked very much. It was called Ravello. Um, and I knit that with, um, a skein of hedgehog and some speckles. I don't remember the colorway name that I bought at Fancy Tiger last summer. And then a beautiful core, like kind of neon coral that I had dyed from the Sarah Eyre craftsy class that I took. So it was a recipe for a colorway called Phoenix Butterfly, which is just like this beautiful, gorgeous coral color. And I liked the sweater, but I didn't love the sweater when it was done. I felt like it should have been longer. Um, and, uh, then I, so then I, uh, was knitting this A-line and thinking that's what the sweater needs to be. And I had a little of the pink left and a little of the speckles left. So I thought, well, it's striped just to kind of the bust line and then it is solid. So I could continue the striping a little bit further use up the last of the hedgehog, and then I've got even more of the pink. So I feel like between adding the A-line shaping and um, making it longer, I'm hoping I'll still get another two or three inches of length out of it, plus it'll drape differently, and I think then it's going to be my like favorite, favorite sweater along with confetti. So that was um, a little bit terrifying. I had to pick out, pick out the bind off, which was kind of a pain. It took me a while. Um, one day over, I think I did it over Father's Day weekend, and then I just used my ball winder and wound it up. So, um, so that was um, that was that one. And then I have another finished object, which is the Pearl Soho Notched Hem Tank. So that's a free pattern from Pearl Soho, PearlSoho.com, um, and it's just a simple fingering weight tank top. Um, it does, the notched hem is like you knit the front, you knit the back, and then instead of just joining that, you cast on some stitches. So there is a little, like the body of the sweater um, is starts three inches from like where the hem was, basically. Um, and it's very simple, very cute, really nice um, in terms of like it's a high neck tank and I think I actually modified it just a little bit to make the neck 
even higher. I don't like a tank. I don't like anything really with a V-neck, and I didn't want a tank that was like low in the front because um, I want to wear it to work. And so it's very, very cute. Um, the, the yarn that I used was my first month of yarn club from Madeline Tosh. So, you know, I had been back and forth about whether I had done the right thing joining that club. And then I can't remember if I talked about it last time, but I totally screwed up what I ordered. And so I wanted all of the speckles. And then what I got the first month was the solids. And then I was like, thank God I messed that up because this is the most beautiful yarn I've ever seen. (laughs) So what they do with that club is you... Um, there's an inspiration picture and you vote. And so they do three or four pictures and everybody votes. And of course I voted for the speckles cause I thought that was the club I was in. Um, but the picture that won for, um, for the solids was this gorgeous, I don't know, it's something underwater. And anyways, the name of the colorway ended up being liquid. And so it's a beautiful pale blue, um, that does have some green to it, um, and it just kind of looks like water. It's beautiful. It's really gorgeous, and it's a base that is not one of their retail bases, so a lot of times that's what happens with Yarn Club is that they test things out, and they they see what people think of different bases and things like that, so this is a base that's called um, Work Sock, and it's listed on the tag as a uh, heavy fingering, um, and definitely it was funny cause like I wound it up and then I was like, what is going on? This is like a huge cake of yarn, but it is because it's, it's still 400 yards, but it's quite a bit heavier than a normal fingering weight. And I think honestly, uh, you could get away with calling this a sport weight yarn. It's, it's pretty substantial. Um, but I just, uh, made sure I was getting gauged and then I, um, I, off I went with my needles and it was a really quick project. I knit this little tank in a week. I was definitely, you know, like determined to knit it in a week. And so I, I was knitting it exclusively and I was knitting it, um, just, you know, devoting a lot of time to the project, but super cute. I'm so thrilled with it. Um, I really like the drape of the yarn, that work sock. Oh my gosh, I think it's going to wear like iron. It's got a lot of twist to it um, in a really nice way. And it just, it feels like this this yarn is like never, ever going to pill. Um, it It's really substantial, um, but still very, very soft. Um, the finished garment has a nice amount of drape to it. So I'm really just happy all the way around with that one. Um, I could definitely see myself uh, knitting more of them. I have lots of fingering weight yarn, and I feel like that could be a really cute little staple, you know, just to make kind of like a, you know, a shell that maybe goes under something else. I found a cute pattern. I'm going to look this up while I keep talking. Um, I found a cute pattern on Ravelry the other day for what I really could only describe as a duster, right? Like a long cardigan, um, open front. And, um, I was kind of looking for exactly that thinking like, I don't wear a lot of blazers. I've got a couple of things here that I should tell you guys about. Like I don't wear a lot of blazers and I probably won't ever, I did buy a couple blazers when I was interviewing. Um, but I'm more, more likely to wear a cardigan, 
And one of the things that's tough, like I've worked from home for 14 years. So I have work clothes. I have dressy clothes. The most, you know, like last year I took three trips. So I went to Raleigh. Um, I went to Vegas and I went to Dallas. Um, and I had the right clothes for that. Um, when I was interviewing, especially like in Boulder, you find such different things in tech in terms of like what people wear. So sometimes you'd feel like, okay, like I'm dressed the same as this person and I'm in heels and a cute dress. And then, you know, occasionally I wear like a shawl or something. And, uh, and then I had one interview where the guy said, we will be in jeans and t-shirts. Like, please don't feel like you need to dress up. Very small company, like come on in, but don't feel like you need to to dress for the interview. And then I got there, and inside the door of the company was a shoe rack, and none of them were even wearing shoes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is just like, what do you wear to work? I wear yoga pants because I work in my house. And I will work from home still in this job once I'm set up. But it's just been it's on my mind a lot. Like, what do I, you know, what do I wear? I tried Stitch Fix. Um, I got the most adorable little dress from Stitch Fix that I'm going to wear on my first day of my job. Um, so anyways, I'm, I'm in a bit of a, a wardrobe rejuvenation phase and I kind of knew this was coming. So I have been sort of socking away new pieces in my wardrobe for a while now, um, buying dresses. I have a nice array of skirts. I feel like my knits are a great, you know, way to do that. But it's, it's tough because it does feel like um, a lot of times people are in jeans. Like a lot of the men that I interviewed were, with, it was jeans and a button down, right? Jeans and a button down. And so like what's the, what's the woman's equivalent of that? Sweater and nice pants? That's what I'm hoping. Blouse, shawl, cute skirt. Anyways, so, um, so I'm looking at work, work wardrobes for sure. Um, and there were a couple that I loved. So the first one that I really loved was this duster. And that's exactly what I would call it. Like in the picture, it's a very Stephen Westy picture. Um, it's, um, oh, I'm just looking to see. She's from Reykjavik. So I almost wonder, like, maybe she's friends with Stephen West. I don't know. Because um, doesn't he do a lot in places like that? Anyways, it's. The Flying Yak. Uh, she's the lead designer at the Flying Flying Yak, and Chantelle Belial 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 is the designer. And the sweater is called Gelato, and it's so cute, you guys. So it's a long, open front cardigan. There's some shaping to the front, so they kind of hang down. Um, and I'm just looking to see how much yarn it uses. Um, it's going to be like six skeins of fingering weight yarn, um, but it's one where you could certainly do like a fade kind of a thing. Um, there's the way that it's knit here. There's like accents on the, I'll call it a collar, right? Like all the way around the fronts and back behind the neck and then the cuffs. She's got a pop color. So it's really, really cute. Um, and that is one that I'm definitely going to knit up as work clothes. And then I found another designer that, I only had one thing of hers in my favorites, but I saw Tannis Gray, Tannis Fiber Arts had a picture of this cute sweater called Evelyn um, that is very much the style that I've been knitting lately. So it's fingering weight and it's striped, but then at the bottom it has this cute 
lace accent, and this actually buttons all the way up the back. I might not knit it with the buttons myself, but anyways, it's really cute, and it's by a designer named Amy Miller, who just for whatever reason, I, I really did not have a lot of her stuff in my um, favorites or anything, and I was just uh, smitten with a bunch of her things. So there's a cute, cute, cute sweater called Seamus that she actually, in the picture, she's wearing it as a dress. I, it's a short dress, um, but uh, she's a very thin girl, and she looks really great in it, but it would not work for me. Um, but it would work with jeans or pants or, you know, leggings or something underneath it. Um, it's a tunic-length raglan pullover is what she talks about. It's got cute little pockets in the front. Um, so this is another one. Um, let's see if it says exactly. Four. So maybe it would be like five skeins of fingering weight yarn. Um, but really cute. So that's another one that's on my list that I feel like would be, you know, a cute piece. Um, I do have lots of sweater quantities of fingering weight yarn. Um, and then let's see, Vera Valamaki has a new one similar to confetti. It's called Lady Fisher. This one is a solid in the sample and it's just, um, kind of just that A-line shaping, but instead of stripes, it's got some really pretty texture to it. So that one is really cute. Um, and then there was another one of these by this Amy Miller, and it's called Daw, D-A-W-E, and it's a really cute fingering weight sweater with some texture, and then it's like split up the sides, um, which I thought would be cute, you know, and you could wear a pop of color or something underneath it really like extra long sleeves like her sleeves come down over her hands um so kind of a kind of a riff on like like boxy but it's like thinner anyways really cute so I'm in a in a work clothes state of mind and I'm pretty excited about it I'll, I'll be honest I'm I'm really pretty excited the other one here also from Amy Miller that I had was this one called Ellis which is just like a um, a vest, really, kind of a long vest. Um, and it looks like she did it f- for a summer knit-along last summer. Um, but it's really cute. Hers is tan, but, you know, you could do this in just about anything. It's got maybe what I would consider like a cap sleeve on it. So you, you could wear that over, you know, layered over another top. Um, so I think I made it that one as well. Um, and that's a much more reasonable, you know, two, two to three skeins, two and a half skeins, um, for that one. So anyways, I, I've been stalking a lot of stuff, um, and having a lot of fun sort of thinking about all of that. Like I said, so there's a bus that, um, that will get me to where my new office is and um, it'll get me to downtown Denver, and then the light rail runs to where my new office is. So I I think eventually I will only have to go in two or three days a week, and, and so if it was two days a week, I'd love to do, like, one of those days on the bus, and then it's usable time, right? I could read, I could knit, I could work, whatever, um, instead of just driving. I am on a big kick to make sure I have enough to listen to, especially this first month where I have to go in. So my local library um, 
has a program where I can check out audiobooks. And that really couldn't have been any simpler. I was really pleased with how easy that was to do. Um, so a little bit of a, a lifestyle change around here, but I think it's all going to be for the best. Um, so the other thing that I finished was a sewing project. And I don't always talk about sewing very much um, on the podcast, but this was one I was pretty excited about. I put pictures on Instagram. So Father's Day weekend, I um, I was continuing the work on my yard. So I put in my big veggie garden, and I hung all the lights on my... Um, my porch, my front porch doesn't have electricity, so I did solar lights and battery-operated lights with a little remote. And then on my back porch, I did those little, I mean, they literally are like those little cafe lights that you see everywhere with just like a glass globe. Um, but they look amazing, and they throw so much light. You can sit out there like it's daylight. Um, and it's awesome. And so then I flipped my furniture. So my back porch used to be where the dining table was and the front porch had a couch and two chairs and a little coffee table and you know how it goes when you're like doing a new project and then you or a new project around the house and then you think I want I want all new patio furniture because I don't really want all new patio furniture or need all new patio furniture but I really wanted to change right so I decided that maybe the right thing to do would be to put the Dining table out front. Um, there's a pretty big road that runs behind my house, and so the front of the house is quieter at dinner time. It gets nice and quiet in the back other times, but at dinner time it's quietest in the front. And then I'd move like the sitting, chilling out furniture to the back. So I did that and I really, really liked it. And then I had these two chairs that I've had. I, I mean, I got them when I was pregnant with Ben, so. I've had them for like 12 years. Um, And they were these goofy, I don't know if they're even goofy, but anyways, these company store chairs that I bought um, on clearance 11 or 12 years ago. And I had them in my living room for like kid-friendly seating, extra seating, whatever. Um, And then I had covered them in fabric when the kids were little. And Jack's had pirates on it and Ben's had... Buzz Lightyear on it, and they were kind of just in their rooms. They don't sit on them anymore. Jack's room, we re- we moved all the furniture around and kind of reorganized it. Like, he's a teenager now, and we were kind of, you know, letting him have some freedom about what his room looks like and how it's organized, and he really needed to, like, clean the heck out of his room at the end of the school year, things like that. So they decided they wanted bean bags, and I bought them each a really nice bean bag. And so then I had these chairs, and I was like, well, I guess I could donate them. And then I thought, you know, or I could recover them, put outdoor fabric on them, and put them outside. Um, And that's what I ended up doing. I had been going back and forth because what I kind of wanted was um, Adirondack chairs. I wanted a couple of Adirondack chairs, and then I was going to do something fun to, like, paint them or stencil them or something. And then I thought, you know, I have these chairs, and they're comfy. I know they're comfy. We've had them forever. They're really still in great shape, despite the fact that they're just, like, chairs that came in a box at some point. But they kind of have these just pillows on them. So they're like the, they're like a chair you would put in a dorm or something, right? Like, if they're low to the ground. They're squishy. Uh, they have kind of like a metal sling frame and then just, like, pillows on them. That's kind of all they are. 
So I bought really cute fabric from like fabric.com um, and it's a, an off-white background and then there are, I think they call them dahlias, right? Sort of abstracty flower things that almost look like a firework, right? Like burst of color, burst of color. And there's some turquoise and some orange and some gray and they're really cute. So I, I sewed slip covers for those. Um, over Father's Day weekend, and they're great. And then I recovered the pillows that had come with my original um, patio furniture set, which is literally, like, from Walmart. Um, I just recovered the pillows in that, and then I have some leftover, so I thought at some point I may recover one of the chairs and see if I want to recover the whole set. I think my Walmart patio furniture is seven years old, so it's had a nice long life, but it is starting to uh, show somewhere, even though I put it away in the winter to, to try to extend its life. Um, I just think that might be a, a fun thing to do. So maybe at some point I'll do that, but for now, the little chairs are done. Um, I feel very, you know, thrifty for uh, keeping them and giving them not even just a second life, but like a third life in my house. Um, and it kind of cheers things up. What I, you know, my like fantasy would be that someday maybe I will turn my really nice back porch into a screen porch um, and kind of create one of those spaces that's like an outdoor room. But then I thought, you know, I, I really can do that without putting walls. And so I've got these cute cafe lights and now I've got these cute chairs. And um, so maybe, maybe it doesn't need to be a screen porch. Maybe I just need to put a little creativity into uh, the porch that I have. So that was that was one of my big projects. And that is it for finished. That was a long time for finished, you guys. Um, so I'll move on to actually working. So actually working, I just have a couple of things. Um, because I was really monogamous with that tank, especially, um, that was a lot of the knitting that I've done since we talked the last time. And the confetti was three or four days of, you know, monogamous knitting. And so then I cast on another tank that I um, that I want to finish before I start the new job and I should be able to just the way that my schedule's working out over the next week and a half or so. Um, and so that this is called the June Lake tank and this was a pattern that um, that I found and it's somehow related to the yarn over truck. I'm not exactly sure what the connection there is except their logo is on the um the pattern um it's a fifa is the name of the designer um and there aren't a lot of projects in it um it's meant to be knit in inner yarn zen which i do think is one of the yarns that i saw um on the yarn truck booth at at uh, stitches west and um it does say it's got a line shaping i'm not doing the shaping i'm going to let it be a little just more like loose fitting than a line. Um, and I am knitting this with the Oracle that is left because I didn't use all of the Oracle. And then also I just dyed up over Father's Day weekend, a skein of, um, just a nice silver gray. I kind of did some darker speckles. Um, but it's, it's fascinating you guys, because, um, because just like the, so I was saying like Two-thirds of the yarn in the confetti sweater 
is this oracle color. But if I showed you the sweater, you would say, that is the most beautiful hot pink sweater I have ever seen. And this one, so now I'm taking the oracle, and I'm actually striping. So it's it's the same kind of thing. It's got a hem, and because I had to go back and forth, I did uh, two row stripes, two rows of oracle, two rows of the gray. Um, and then once I got to the body and I was knitting in the round, now I'm doing one row of each. So it's not, uh, I would not call it striping, but I'm kind of alternating skeins. Um, and, you know, it just looks like a gray sweater. There's little pops of color and it looks really like springy and fresh and cute um, because that chartreuse, you know, where there's just lots of gray instead of the pink kind of becomes almost like a spring green. And then the berry crush just gives these little pops of color here and there, but it's real subtle and I'm loving it. So this is a super simple pattern. The the hem uses a stitch that I had not done before that's a called a purl twist, which is you purl two together, don't slip the stitches off the needle, and then purl one again into the first stitch. So it's kind of a way to make a stitch, but then um, it gives it this really cute texture. So that was kind of fun, something different, pretty slow going. Um, so it took me, I don't know, three or four days to get the front and the back hem done. But now I'm cruising along on the body. I would say I've done maybe like four, three and a half, four inches of the body. Um, and so that's pretty good. And I'm really kind of going to knit it to be a length that just maximizes um, what I've got left of this yarn because uh, I want to use up every single inch of it. And it's really, it's really fun and really cute. So the other thing I did was a little bit of sock knitting. Uh, so last weekend, the boys and I went to Adventure Golf, which is here in Westminster, Colorado. It's just a really nice mini golf place. Apparently, it's associated with Waterworld, which I didn't realize the last time we were there. Maybe that's recent. I don't know. But we went, we played two rounds of really cool mini golf, and then the boys wanted to go on the go-karts. So I brought a little... Um, purse that I got in Hawaii that's like a messenger bag. It's not a messenger bag, but like it goes a crossbody. Crossbody is what I'm looking for. Um, and so I can keep my keys in it. I didn't bring my whole wallet. I just brought like a little bit of cash and a credit card. And, um, and then I stuck, uh, some sock yarn in there, um, in case there was any like waiting in line or whatever. And so we went, we played the mini golf, and then they wanted to do go-karts, and the line was super, like, it was like a 30-minute line. Um, but then it was fine, because I had Jack's Hufflepuff socks with me. So I probably put three inches of sock on while, like, waiting for them. There was this horrible go-kart accident while I was there. So there was, there's, like, the track of the go-karts, and then there's the entrance, and also the exit, and this little boy made me think, like, you shouldn't be measuring go-karts by height. It should There should be an age restriction. Because he clearly didn't know what he was doing. He came around a couple times, and then he came around and must have seen the turn to go. That was, like, where they had come out. And he banged like a Yui and turned into the thing and then drove full speed into the row of parked golf carts. And I screamed, no, like that. Like, I shouted, but this little boy, it happened so fast, and he didn't even hit the brakes. Like, he just did not even know what was happening as it was happening. So that was terrifying. Um, and then I needed my knitting to calm me down because then my kids still hadn't gone. And I 
was like, oh, God. <laughs> now I watch this. The little boy was fine. The team there, like, they did a really good job responding. But he cried. Oh, my gosh. He just, like, screamed and he cried. And then I was, like, having anxiety about, you know, my kids know how to drive a golf cart. But anyway, or a go-kart. But it, it just freaked me out. So I worked on the Hufflepuff socks. We are going to Denver Comic Con this weekend on Sunday. So I will bring those Hufflepuff socks with me then because I am certain there will be some lines standing at Comic Con. We really want to see um, Fred and George Weasley. Uh, and I think if we're going to do that, we're going to definitely have to stand in line for their panel and stuff like that. So what better than Hufflepuff socks when you're going to see some Weasleys? So that's it for things I'm working on right now. Okay, actually stashed. There's only just a little bit of yarn this time around, um, but it's very special. Um, My first shipment of the Hedgehog Fibers uh, Yarn Club came, and I did the Sock Club, which means that once a month, June, July, and August, I will get two skeins of two different colorways of Hedgehog Fibers Sock. And so I got two amazing colors. The first one is called Detonate, and it's a gorgeous bright yellow, then with some speckles. There's some pinks in here. I definitely saw some green. There's sections of it that are gray, so I think it counts as a grello. Um, There's some blue. It's beautiful. Um, And I am probably going to take this, and I have two other Grellos upstairs, and I think I'll do some sort of faded something. Maybe the Free Your Fade shawl, maybe um, maybe another, like, fady sweater, maybe another confetti sweater, but I think I'm going to try to make something out of this with those and let this be kind of the bright, bold pop, and then the others are a little more muted. So very excited about that one. And then the other one is like my spirit animal color. So it's called Offshore and it's breathtaking, you guys. It's got a really like deep blue. It's got some turquoise. It's got some chartreuse. It's definitely got some berry crush in here. It is, I love it. I love it so much. Um, so I think this is going to get worked into the parachute So I, I cast on parachute by Stephen West um, I have a sock blank that I dyed at Christmas time that I was going to use, and I think I'm going to work this in as well. I think it's perfect for that. It wants Hedgehog always wants to be something by Stephen West, right? So, so those are my two um, new stash acquisitions. And the great news for me is um, I, I was thrilled. So I did two clubs, um, this one and the Tosh one, and I was thrilled with both. And so. I still have two months to go on both of those clubs, which means there will be yarn heading my way all summer, which is great. And then the last thing that I'm hoping to add to my stash tomorrow is uh, my friend Jonathan from MJ Yarns. When I saw him at Estes Wool Market, he was telling me that he had been talking to Gail from Longmont Yarn Shop. Stephen West is heading there this weekend. I am not. I did not get into any of the classes. They all sold out super fast. I kind of wanted to take the brioche class since I, he's teaching the same classes that he taught at Fancy Tiger, and I just took that Marled Magic, Marled Magic class. Um, but I just couldn't work it out. And then he's doing a meet and greet tomorrow, and I saw today that there were cancellations, there were more seats, but the kids and I are going to go to the drive-in tomorrow night. So I probably won't make it to any of the events, but they're doing a couple of trunk shows 
in preparation for uh, him coming. And so this will all be over by the time I drop the episode, but Jonathan from MJ Arns will be there and he's making an exclusive colorway um, inspired by Stephen West. And so I feel like I have to have some of that because it's like all my favorite things like MJ Arns and Stephen West and Longmont Yarn Shop. And so probably that's going to happen tomorrow. I'm super crazed busy tomorrow. Um, but I'm like trying to plan my day around the reveal happens at 1245. Can I, scooch in there and swoop up one skein of that yarn it's it's one skein only until tuesday and then if you want more um and there's any if there's any left then people can have more than one skein but they want it to last if you know if people want to get in there so anyways i'm excited about that maybe i will stash some of that and then the last thing this time you guys is attending so there are a bunch of things coming up um, I already talked about Stephen West at Longmont Yarn Shop. Next weekend, July the 8th, is the Fancy Tiger anniversary sale. So I am planning to go down there and stand in line and hope to get a goodie bag. And uh, they always do, like, anniversary things. The first time I went, I got a cute T-shirt and, like, a tea towel. I know this time they have tote bags and they're, like, gold lame. The Fancy Tiger Girls have a new book that they collaborated with Stephen West and Yasolda on. So I would like to check that out in person and maybe get a copy of that. So that's my Saturday next week. The kids are going to be in Omaha with their grandparents and I'm going to, and my nieces and nephews, they're driving out with my parents um, to Omaha to meet my sister and her kids halfway from Minnesota. So I'm going to have a little bit of time on my hands and I'm going to use it to go to Fancy Tiger. Um, And then... Let's see, Hot August Knits is coming up, and so that is the Northern Colorado um, Yarn Crawl, and it is um, from, I think Longmont is as as far south as it goes, um, but it goes all the way up to southern Wyoming. So the dates for that one are, sorry, I'm opening it up, July 29th to August 13th, And the shops involved, let's see, there's a passport here. It doesn't really say. Oh, here we go, 2017. So Spun, that's in Fort Collins. Loopy U, My Sister Knits, Your Daily Fiber, those are all in Fort Collins. Cowgirl Yarn in Laramie, Wyoming, which has always been on my list and I've never been up there. Um, Meadowlark Yarn, that's in Cheyenne. I don't think I've ever heard of that one. You Count also in Cheyenne, never heard of or been there. Neota Designs is in Estes, I'm in Estes all flipping somewhere, I've never been in there. The Stitch and Den, also in Estes, um, and Longmont Yarn Shop. So I really should try to hit some of these. There's just a lot going on here in northern Colorado that I've never done. I've been to Lupiu, uh, I'm trying to remember which one Sarah and I went to I think it was Lambspun. One of them is like a, um, it's attached to a restaurant. Anyways, kind of cool. Um, so anyways, that's Hot August Knits. That's the northern Colorado one. And then Yarn Along the Rockies is right after that. Um, and so that is the Boulder, Denver area. Um, and I always see this. And the good news is my new office is downtown. So some of the shops, you know, maybe it'll be easier for me, but it's the 19th to the 27th of August. 
Um, and let's see if they have... I was just looking to see if they have a list of shops. Yes, they do. Um, so, Bags by Cab. She's going to be right near my office. That's right off the 16th Street Mall. Um, Blazing Star Ranch. That's in Englewood. It says Inside Anderson's Vacuum. I've never been to that one. Colorful Yarns, I love. That one is down in Centennial. Everything Alpaca and Castle Rock, I probably won't make it that far. You and Me in Colorado Springs. Fabric Bliss, which is a great shop downtown Denver. Fancy Tiger. Finger Play Studio, I love all those ones. Uh, Gypsy Wools in Boulder just moved to a new location. Knit Nook in Conifer, I've never heard of that one. Lamb Shop will be very close to my new office. Mew Mew's in... Lafayette, I've been to before. Nikki's Knots, I think that is new. That's in Woodland Park, which is like up I-70, I think, towards Evergreen, I think. I'm not sure where Woodland Park is, actually. Um, and then something called Piney Creek Yarn. So it seems like there's some new ones. We've lost some shops for sure, but it sure seems like maybe there's some new ones, which is always great. Um, yeah, like there was a T for U is gone. That's a bummer. There was one called like I Heart Knitting or it was called I Heart Knitting. That one seems to be gone. But there's a few new ones that have popped up in their place and that's that's good news. Because um, what a bummer when we lose yarn shops. So anyways, if you're local, if you're crawling, um, if you want to meet up anywhere, give me a holler and maybe we can connect on one of these yarn crawls and then I am starting to look at knit nosh dates you guys but thank goodness I had not planned it yet because I kind of had in my head that what would be great would be first weekend in November and uh Benny started his black belt training this week like Monday he passed his test and Thursday was his first they call it kohai which is um eager student. So they call it your Kohai training. You do it for several months before leading up to black belt. And his black belt testing is all end of October and the celebration is November 4th. So if I had booked Knit Nosh for then, I would be unbooking and rebooking it. So sometimes procrastination is a gift, I guess. Um, So I'm looking at maybe the weekend after that. I I definitely want to avoid the holiday season. And so, you know, if I can't squeeze it into November, then we'll probably look at January again. But more Knit Nosh is coming for sure. I'm just uh, early days. I feel like the weight of this work stuff has been lifted and now I can focus on on fun things like that that I love. So stay tuned and uh, more details to come for sure. So um, that's really it for this episode, you guys. I appreciate you hanging out with me. I hope that... Um, the adjustment to work will go smoothly and won't disrupt recording and things like that for the podcast. I hope everybody in the U.S. has a safe and happy 4th of July. And uh, if you are looking to connect to me, we have a great Ravelry group. Um, I am on Instagram and Facebook as Knit Actually Podcast and Twitter as at Knit Actually. And um, that's really it. I would love to hear from you guys. Um, in the meantime, thanks again for hanging out and, uh, happy knitting.